We're not positive because life is easy. We're positive because life is hard. And one thing I know is being positive doesn't just make you better. It makes everyone around you better. So as you become a more positive person, as you feed yourself, you're then able to feed others. And, and if you don't have it, you can't share it. So it's essential that you feed yourself each day to be able to feed others. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world. You're now one simple tip, practical tool, and small step away from growing your business. One Next Step is brought to you by Belay, the incredible 100% remote organization revolutionizing productivity with virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media managers. Accomplish more, juggle less. Modern staffing from Belay. And now to your hosts. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Ryan, and today we've got a very exciting guest interview for you. You see, our CEO here at Belay, Trisha Shortino, is sitting down with author and speaker John Gordon about the power of positive leadership. As a leader, you may struggle to balance positivity with seeing things as they actually are. But John argues that positive leadership is the key to transforming both your organization and the world around you. The conversation is so full of value for any leader, regardless of your position or the number of people you lead. You're definitely going to want a notebook handy to take lots of notes. Let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right into it. Hey, John. It's so good to spend this time with you today. Welcome to the podcast. Trisha, great to be with you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, before we get started talking about all things positivity, and I, I actually I can't wait for this conversation, I wanted to ask you, you know, you've written... Gosh, 25 books. Is that right? 26 now because the sale came out just recently. Wow. Okay. 26 books. And, and you're very well known for you know, all the things we're going to talk about here in a minute. But what I wanted to ask you before we get started is, what do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? What is your favorite hobby when you're not being John Gordon? Yeah, that's a great question. I do love to walk every day. I don't know, I don't know if walking is a hobby, but I do walk every morning. And while I'm walking, yeah. I practice gratitude. I'll also just talk on the phone, call friends, reach out to them. So I pretty much do that every day. I love to play pickleball, which I've been doing a lot more lately. That's like the newest sport. That's like the thing is pickleball. Big time. And I'm from Long Island, from New York. I was an athlete, so very competitive. So I find friends that I could play with. And some of them are other business leaders, other speakers, other, other people that are doing this kind of work. Others are just friends back from you know, Florida where I play or I'll play in California with friends. So I'm big in pickleball. Also, I love, I love tennis and I love basketball. So I would say anything sports are definitely my mm -hmm. hobbies or also I love to read and movies. I love movies. Oh yeah. I'm a movie buff. I love a good movie. I am a, you know, book or movie person. I'm a movie girl. So <laughs> what do you like better, the movie or the book? When you watch, when you watch a movie, do you like the book better? Yeah. No, I like the movie. I'm such a movie girl. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. I'm such a movie girl. Yeah. There's something about, I get lost in a movie. I really get lost in a movie. I'm like blinders on, you know, my husband tries to talk to me mid movie. He's one of those guys who's like talking <laughs> at me in the movie. And I'm like, no, don't talk. I'm very focused on what's happening in the scene. But yeah, I love a great movie. <laughs> well, I could tell already by all the things you said you love to do as hobbies that it makes it makes perfect sense that, you know, we would sit here today and then talk about what it means to be optimistic and positive in life and how leaders can really leverage that as a tool at work. So I'd love it if you would just start us off and talk to us a little bit about what 
really the definition is for you and what positivity actually means from your perspective? That's such a great question because people often assume it's Pollyanna positive. It's about seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, but it's more about having the power to overcome the thorns. It's not about ignoring reality. It's about maintaining optimism, belief, and faith in order to create a better reality. And it's definitely not about sugarcoating the situation. Like, it's okay to say, this stinks. This isn't good. Like, we're going through a tough time right now. But how will we overcome? We're not going to allow negativity to sour our situation. We're going to find a way forward. We're going to be optimistic. We're going to believe the best is yet to come. And through that resilience and that grit and that belief, we're going to find a solution instead of complaining. We're going to find an opportunity in the midst of the challenge. And we're going to look for ways to grow and get better. So when you go into a challenge, what can we learn from this? How can we grow from this? How can we get better because of this? When you go into a challenge in your life or major adversity, you have to find that belief and that optimism to keep going. Because sometimes you want to give up. Like we, we get discouraged. But the answer to the discouragement is encouragement. And the word encourage means to put courage into. I would say when you encourage yourself, you put encourage into yourself. And when you encourage others, you put encourage into them. So encouragement for yourself and for others is, is essential in terms of, of how you do things in life. So people think, again, it's someone who ignores problems. You can look at the problem and say, this is a problem. I'm not going to ignore it, but I'm going to find a way to deal with it and get better. So when we, took, we would talk in terms of leadership, in terms of teams, in terms of being great. Like you need optimism, you need belief, you need positivity to, to be your best as a leader and to be your best as a team. Because positive leaders bring out the best in their teams and they believe in their teams more than they believe in themselves. And I work with the Rams, for instance, Sean McVay is a positive leader. Work with Clemson football. Dabo Sweeney is a positive leader. Corey Close, UCLA, she is a positive leader. Donna Orinder turned around the WNBA years ago. Her positive leadership did that. I can give you countless examples of positive leaders. They're the ones who transform their teams, organizations, and ultimately change the world. Yeah. Wow. That I love that. It is, it is truly, and I like how you talk a little bit about the fact that we're not ignoring that life is hard. Life is hard. Leadership is really hard. Leading people is really hard. You know, the world we live in these days is hard. So it's not about not aligning or ignoring the fact that those things are true, but looking for the opportunities to turn those challenges into next level problem solving. And so it's great that you're out there talking to leaders and people about the reality that life is hard, but how you how you handle life, picking yourself up, dusting yourself off and continuing to move forward is really the encouragement you give. So I, I love it. Yeah, I often say that we're not positive because life is easy. We're positive because life is hard. And one thing I know is being positive doesn't, doesn't just make you better. It makes everyone around you better. So as you become a more positive person, as you feed yourself, you're then able to feed others. And, and if you don't have it, you can't share it. So it's essential that you feed yourself each day to be able to feed others. So you wake up in the morning, like I do, I take that walk, I practice gratitude. The research shows you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So if you're feeling grateful, you won't feel stressed. So I do that, I come back, I have flooded my body and brain with positive emo emotions that uplift me rather than the stress hormones that slowly drain me. And I create a fertile mind that is ready for great things to happen. Do that day in and day out, 
And then over time, you become someone who's resilient, you have more grip, and then you're better able to take on the challenges to lead your team, to feed them, to encourage them, to develop a relationship with them, to help them be their best. I always say, how can you lead someone if you don't know them? How can you motivate someone if you don't know what motivates them? So part of leadership is also getting to know your team. And the more positive you are, you want to get to know your team and, and invest in them and pour into them and, and guide them. So, so positive leadership is not just a state of mind that makes you feel better. It's a state of action that makes people around you better. Right. There's like a, there's a quote out there and I'm totally going to butcher this. It goes something along the lines of um, unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. Mm, that's good. You know, something along those same lines. Like if, if it's not said or shown or expressed, it doesn't exist. Right. And so really putting it out into the world is what's going to make it work truly. So, and, and who wants to hang out with negative Nancy <laughs> Bosslet, man or lady? Nobody. Right. I mean, getting behind a leader who is, looking ahead versus wallowing in what we're sitting in or what's behind us is, I mean, I know that's where I want to be. So I love that. Yep. You, you must have a lot of stories of organizations who have been very successful at this and maybe some who, who maybe have failed. You've seen failure here. Would you have a story that you could share maybe of an organization or a leader that you've seen really use positivity to support or maybe implement great change? Well, just a great example of that is, is Snapchat, you know, Evan Spiegel. Evan reached out to me after he read my book, Power Positive Leadership. It had just come out and I went up to go speak to his leadership team. On my way there, I'm like, okay, these are some of the smartest people on the planet. What can I say to them that they haven't heard before? I said, Evan, should I talk about the cost benefits analysis, analysis of positivity? Should I share the latest research and data that shows that positive leaders are able to garner the support of their team and, and move them in the right direction and all the latest research and benefits of positive leadership. He said, John, Instagram is coming after our business. Wall Street is beating us down. The marketplace is just destroying us right now. He said, pessimism is seeping into our pores. Just help us stay positive. And I knew right then and there, okay, I had to share the framework. I told stories. I shared the research and really made the case for positive leadership. I left and then fast forward a few months ago, I was visiting his 150 global leaders to speak again. This has been, that was 2018. Here we are now and I'm speaking to them and all these new global leaders, he wanted them to embrace positive leadership, came to see me in the green room and said, John, you came at such a crucial time. You know, our stock price was $4 a share. We were really struggling. Many were wondering if we were gonna make it. We embraced positive leadership. As a company, as a leadership team, it was a game changer for us. It changed everything. And we really focused on our business. We stopped worrying about the negativity. We stopped looking at the outside. I always talk about leading from the inside out. We focus on what we can control. We focus on belief and optimism for what we were creating, leading with positivity, no more pessimism. He said it, it was a game changer. And if you watch them over the last number of years, I mean, they, they skyrocketed, you know, about a year ago or less, they were $80 a share recently with the, with the crash in the market. Everyone's gone down, so they've gone down. But it was amazing the success they had over the pandemic. So it really turned things around. So that's a great success story. Also, the Rams are a great story. When Sean McVay became the head coach of the, of the, of the LA Rams, I met with him and he was 30 years old and he had just gotten the job. And there we were in the Fairmont Hotel in Santa Monica and 
We talked for six hours on leadership. We, wow. we talked about culture. We talked about the values and principles that he wanted to share and create and build off of and what he, what he wanted his culture and team to be. And he created a pyramid like, like John Wooden's pyramid. And in the middle of that pyramid was we, not me. We, not me. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to the team in the next few years, would talk to Sean often and watched him just lead in incredible ways. And he grew and grew and grew and really embraced positive leadership. Fast forward to the Super Bowl. Right before that, they're playing the 49ers in a playoff game. And there is Odell Beckham Jr. on the sidelines. A camera captured this. is a great video clip. And he is shouting, we, not me. We, not me. We, not me. I remember that. And I'm, I'm watching that. And I go, that's it. I said, the things we talked about five years ago was now being implemented and ingrained in a player that had just joined the team in week 10 of the season. And Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, was not known as a we guy with the Browns and the Giants. Sure, <laughs> right. for sure. So, so I saw the culture now come to life. I saw positive leadership come to life firsthand. And, and seeing that was so powerful. I said, they're going to they're gonna win a Super Bowl. Because I knew that they were ingraining the principles and the culture that Sean had talked about five years ago. And he did a masterful job, an incredible job of demonstrating positive leadership and reinforcing the culture and the values. And so often, like we don't reinforce it. I work with In-N-Out Burger. One of the things I love that I get to do is I work with some of the greatest companies and leaders on the planet. So I learned so much from them. You go to In-N-Out Burger and you see a company that is relentlessly focused on their culture. And they will not even let you make a hamburger unless you've been there for a year. They only hire from within. So you have to work there for several years before you can become a manager and they are focused on positive leadership now ingraining that book in into their culture and, and organization in a, in a big way I've, I've got like a number of events with them and so so it's cool to watch these organizations lead in a positive way embrace it then to see the culture come to life and then you see the success and the results clemson football been working with them for the last mm-hmm. 10 years dabo sweeney is the most positive leader i've ever seen actually and winning two national championships that program was built on belief. I mean, so many stories I could tell you just with Clemson of, of that journey with them. I was on the sidelines when they won the national championship. One of the greatest moments of my life to see this team overcome all their adversity obstacles. Alabama scores with like two minutes left. Clemson comes out and, 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 and wins the game with like four seconds left. Pure optimism, pure belief, pure positivity, changing the game. So if there's somebody who's listening right now and saying, you know, I, I need some of that in my leadership, in my organization, would you offer any practical next steps, right? Somebody's recognized that maybe there's a shift that needs to happen for them and their leadership of the organization. Are there a few key things they can do to get started? Yeah, I mean, one, we have a positive leadership challenge. So you can actually take that challenge. It's a free challenge and it's a seven day challenge. Do one thing a day to be a more positive leader. So positiveleadershipchallenge.com. You can go to that website and just do that challenge. You can also start by, I would recommend, I'm not trying to be self-promotional, but read The Power of Positive Leadership. It's why I wrote it, because you're going to be able to get ideas and principles and practices. This is not just about Sean's story or Dabo's story or Donna's story. This is about your story. How can you be a more positive leader? What are the tips and strategies? So start every day 
on a practice to feed yourself each day. Do one thing each day that starts to feed others in a positive way, where you can start to do, do that practice. It's amazing what happens when we, when we see leaders do that. When I give keynotes, when we do our trainings, we have a full day training program that we do and leaders come. The keynote, obviously I'm there to encourage, inspire, tell great stories, but then I want you to take away a few things you're gonna do immediately to be a more positive leader. So that's key. So reading the book is key. And then one thing I love is on a scale of one to 10, how positive of a leader are you? On a scale of one to 10, just, just evaluate yourself. And then what would make it a 10? What are some things you can do to improve? Communication with your team to better communicate, which is a key part of positive leadership. Ask your team on a scale of one to 10, how well do I communicate with you? And then what would make it a 10? They're going to give you great ideas, great feedback on what you could do better Ooh, that's good. to be a better. We do this in our training. I'm giving some, some, some tips and some things from our training, but it's so much fun when people do this in their training and evaluate themselves. Then they ask their teams to evaluate them. And then the key is to what would make it a 10? That's where the gem is. It's not, all right, you're seven or an eight. The difference between a seven or eight or a 10 mm. is what you could do better. And everybody always gets good ideas of what they can do to be a better leader. I did this with my, my kids, my wife. They gave me a million ideas of what I could do better. <laughs> and, and that's okay, right? It's okay. Like we're all here to improve. I am not perfect by no means. <laughs> Even though I write these books, right? I'm, I, I'm from Long Island, You're New York. You're not a 10? Come on, Long Island, New York. I can get fired up sometimes. I got to be careful. And so I've, I've had to learn, again, I've had to learn, you know, a key part of leadership, love tough. Not tough love. Mm. I used to lead tough love. Now mm. I lead love tough. If your team knows you love them, you earn the right to challenge them, to help them be great. Oh, that is good. I wrote, I'm writing down some mental notes myself from this one. Okay, so final question. Where do you see most leaders struggle? Where are leaders getting this wrong? Is there, is there just this one place where you see over and over again there, there's a miss? Several, several ways. One, they don't believe in positive leadership. They think it's rah-rah. Mm. They think it's motivational. Uh. They think it's soft. And they don't realize how it produces incredible results. So one, they discount the power of positive leadership because they think it's this motivational leadership technique they don't understand what it really is. So I've written a lot on that recently in my free newsletter I send out every week. And I've been driving that because I'm tired of people discounting positive leadership, trying to say it's toxic positivity or Pollyanna positive, or we're really not about results. Not because you believe the best is yet to come. Like you have this optimism and belief in the future. You're going to give your best and build the best team to create the best outcome. You don't, you don't have to choose between positivity and winning. Positivity leads to winning. And being positive doesn't mean you ignore the problem. No, most leaders, that's the big challenge. They ignore the problems. They ignore the negativity. Positive leaders address the negativity on a team, in an organization. As part of our framework, you address it. The goal is to transform it, neutralize it, or remove it. And if you're sabotaging the team and culture, we will give you a chance to, to succeed and to rise up and to be a better leader. We're going to care about you, invest in you, and coach you. But if you're not willing to change and you're hurting the team, you have to go. You have to get off the bus. And that's reality, and that yeah. is real leadership. So I think the biggest mistake leaders make is, is that, and they also don't address the negativity that exists in their organizations and teams. That's a big challenge. And they don't focus on the culture. Most leaders think the culture is just going to happen, but you have to intentionally focus on it, build it, and live it. And if you think about it, right, this, this, this culture that you're trying to create, it's like the, the fruit 
and the root. Focus on the fruit of the tree. Focus on the outcome, the numbers, the stock price, the wins and the losses. Ignore the root, the tree dies. And so will your culture. Invest in the root. Make it your number one priority. You'll get a great supply of fruit. The fruit will come. Yes. Amen. I mean, we are, we are practicers and believers in great culture. Great culture equals great results. It flows downstream. So, John, this has been amazing. I would love it if you wouldn't mind sticking around for one more bonus question. Um, I want to talk to you and ask you a question about inspiring positivity in your team. Sound good? Sounds you mind? Great. Love it. All right, guys. Awesome. Great. Well, guys, you don't want to miss this to hear that clip. Subscribe to our email list and we will send you a link to our bonus content or you can visit onenextsteppodcast.com where you can find a link in our show notes. Wow. What a great conversation. We are so grateful John took the time to join us. Trisha and John realized they are both from Long Island originally, so I think they probably could have talked for a few hours if we let them. Each week, we offer one next step for our listeners. And today, you can hear more from John and Trisha by checking out her interview on John's podcast, Positive University. You can find that at positiveuniversity.com slash episode. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for this week's One Next Step. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you're ready to start accomplishing more and juggling less, go to belaysolutions.com. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com. Join us next week for my conversation with Brian Dodd, the Director of New Ministry Relationships at Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. He'll chat with us about all things leadership, from how to measure effective leadership, building winning cultures, questions we should be asking our teams, and a whole lot more. Here's a quick preview. If we're not consistent as leaders, we cause the people we lead to have schizophrenia because they never know who's walking in that door. They never know if that decision's the correct decision. They never know, you know, how somebody's going to be treated or if a good decision today is a bad decision tomorrow. The best thing you can do to create winning cultures and develop people who will be high performers is create a culture and a climate of consistency. Mm-hmm.